Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. White privilege is just an acknowledgement that our world is uneven. We live in a country that's unequal. All human beings share solidarity. All of us are made in God's image equally and therefore worthy of dignity. We're all ruined and rebellious against God and therefore calls us solidarity in sin. And we all need the same Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Are you... In the fight? This is Wretched Radio. No, I'm not talking about all of the skirmishes that we had to get into these days. Courtesy of Satan. The devil seems determined these days to keep running the division playbook. Wow. Is he sowing seeds of strife inside of the body? Forget our society. Inside of our churches. We are fighting over a lot of things, and please note, all issues we should be able to discuss and work through, all of the non-essential issues, we can have loving conversations about those subjects. I'm not suggesting we stop that, but I would suggest that we should consider fighting in a different way. Galatians 5 lays out a battle that you and I are supposed to be in, and it has nothing to do with COVID or masks or vaccines or politics, none of that. Instead, this battle is inside of us. This is not with another person. It is the battle that should be really raging inside of each one of us. And I would like to suggest to you, if we fought the Galatians battle more, we'd be having fewer battles in our local churches, in our homes, with our neighbors, on the Internet, you name it. Those fights will diminish. I did not say we don't discuss the issues. I'm saying those fights, the argumentative posture the you've got this wrong, I don't know that I can be friends with you attitude. Ooh, that ought not to be. We're supposed to be loving and united, but we tend to do a fair amount of fighting these days. It's certainly not everything that we're doing, but it does appear. At least we get exposed to all of the arguing that goes on a lot these days. Let's see if we should be putting our energies into a different fight which will decrease all of the other fights. Here we are, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You are a body and soul. You are dualistic. I don't don't think you're tripartite. I think that you are a dualistic being, a body and a soul, both of which have value. They are separate and yet connected all at the same time. And I will regularly hear people say, you know, I'm just battling with my old nature. No, you're not. You've got one new nature, but you've still got this unglorified carcass that you're dragging all over the place. It's the flesh. It would probably serve us better to stop saying, oh, my old nature is showing itself. No, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Your new nature is to be a spirit-filled believer. 
what's the battle then inside of you? It's your flesh. It's it's it has lingering effects of the fall. It, it has a lot of those patterns that you established, a lot of those maps that you wrote, a lot of the lifestyle choices that you made. They're 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 in there and they linger. We used to feed the flesh all the time. And it's voracious. And increasingly, we need to be starving. And I think one of the best ways to do that is recognize it is not your old nature that is causing you to be tempted. It's your flesh. That's the battle that Paul sets up for us in this book, which is really about the gospel. I think this is a gospel outpouring. He's been chiding the Galatians. What are you doing? That's you can look that up. It's in the Greek. What are you doing? You started out believing in grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. Now you want to add circumcision? What's the matter with you? You want to keep one law. You got to keep all of the laws. And if that is the case, then Christ is of no good to you because he saves totally, not partially, not based on some of his merits and some of yours totally Christ. So Paul has been focusing on the gospel. Now we're seeing an outworking of that. And it's a battle zone. And it's one we should be in a whole lot more. I say then, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, notice he didn't say old nature, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Paul, focusing on the gospel, now tells us that there is a battle inside of us. And we can either listen and obey our flesh or the spirit. We can be led by carnality or by Christ. Now, Paul describes and defines that for us. And I have to tell you, these verses cannot be glanced over. I can only speak for myself. My heart beats with John Knox. <laughs> I don't hate the fight. Okay, I, I, can, I can be like General MacArthur. The fight. How oh, I love it. And yet, that all too often is fleshly. And I'm, and I'm increasingly getting drubbed by the repetition in the New Testament by what Paul is about to lay out. Because this is not the only time that Paul shares this sentiment about what you and I are supposed to be like. This is convicting for me. I don't know what it's going to do for you. Verse 19. Now. The works of the flesh are evident, which are, you know, the laundry list, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, hey, contentions. Right. Wait a second. That's an interesting insertion. Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions and heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. So not an exhaustive list. So let me share the words that jump out that cause me to go, oh boy, this is an area that I really need to study well. 
it lists, amongst other things, the lewdness. Those are kind of the obvious things. But hatred and contentions, not being loving towards somebody, being jealous, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions. So now, what is a fellow to do? You got to look down in your MacArthur study notes <laughs> to see what these words actually mean. And what we see are many of these sins manifested in the area of human relationships have to do with some form of anger. Hatred results in contentions and strife. Jealousies, which is hateful resentment, results in outbursts of wrath, sudden unrestrained expressions of hostility. The next four represent animosity between individuals and groups. Yikes. Fighting wrongly. I'm not talking about theological disputes. I'm talking about fighting over theological issues, especially when they're non-essential. We can really, we can engage with one another deeply and richly and enthusiastically. And when it comes to the essentials, there's no compromise. None. Even so, I am forced by these verses to not be doing it with hatred, to be contentious, to be filled with strife. Hoofda, it gets worse for us because Paul now gives us what it looks like to walk in the spirit. Having heard our list of fleshly things, I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, those who practice those aforementioned things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That should frighten us. Doesn't First John 3, 8, 9 tell us if you keep on sinning, you're of the devil? Okay, these are sins that I tend to overlook. Being contentious divisive if i'm persisting in that yikes this should scare me he continues but the fruit of the spirit you know the list and consider it in comparison to the lusts of the flesh love joy peace or peacemakers patient kindness and and Jimmy, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for here? It begins with a G and ends with entleness. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. That's, yeah. Is that, am I putting these together? It's not easy, is it? <laughs> not at all. We're supposed to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I wonder, I just wonder if by studying this list of fleshly desires and perhaps being reminded again, being contentious and divisive unnecessarily is a really bad sin. And maybe, just maybe, if we would all individually and then help each other corporately work on fighting against the flesh, mortifying those sins, and sowing to the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, being filled by the Spirit, maybe that battle would decrease a whole lot of other fighting. This is Wretched Radio. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Oh, look how small it is. <laughs> Tell me, 
That doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. How would you like to be considered the second smartest person on the planet behind this guy? It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was. Okay, maybe that was a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner is one of the wisest decisions you'll ever make. Gospel Partners Media is a 501c3 nonprofit, meaning all financial gifts are tax deductible. But other than that, why should you consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Simple, because it's your gifts that help us create compelling gospel-centered content that reach millions of people all over the world. And we're members in good standing with the ECFA, the financial accountability folks who audit our books yearly to keep us transparent and accountable to our gospel partners. And 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. So would you prayerfully consider partnering with us at Gospel Partners Media? Just visit wretched.org slash donate to get complete details. We think it's one of the wisest investments you can make. Wretched.org slash donate. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. The Book of Psalms is a collection of divinely inspired songs of praise for every season in life. There are songs of lament, thanksgiving, praise, celebration, and remembrance of God's mighty deeds, all to help us find our soul's delight in God in all circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Free. Hey, want to get drubbed together? <coughs> this is a Wretched Radio. These are words that can land a blow. These might hurt because we, and when I say we, I mean me, I know my propensity to not be nice, to not be gentle to be acerbic, to be mean, to be contentious. And recently, as I've been reading through my Bible, couldn't help but notice a repeated theme in the epistles of the New Testament and in the Gospels, too, from Jesus himself, this command to be gentle, this command 
to not be contentious. It doesn't mean we don't contend for our views, but we do that without being contentious, whether it's an essential secondary tertiary. The comportment of the believer is to be one who is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Am I exhibiting and bearing that kind of fruit or yikes? Do I have hatred, dissensions, contentions, divisions? Do I love all of that? Then I need to do some. I need to do some repenting. Let's make our way through some of these verses. I hold in my never before nicotine stained fingers. If I had to guesstimate about 15 different verses that repeat the theme. Going to take them in order because I have a phobia. Do you have this phobia? You're in church. The pastor says, please turn to Habakkuk. Oh, no. (laughs) And you don't want to be sitting there flipping because somebody might be watching and going, he doesn't know where Habakkuk is. Because in my brain, I have to go Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malik. I have to like run through. Okay, wait a second. First and second Samuel, first. Okay, that's way over on the left side. That's before Psalms, kind of the divider book. What is that? Oh, I know what that phobia is. It's called pride. <laughs> and I don't want somebody to think I can't find the book immediately and I might have to work through it to get there. So help me to overcome my phobia by doing this in order. We heard Galatians 5. Consider Philippians 2, a lengthy section, which also gives us our motivation for being a peaceable people. And please note I'm not saying get squishy. We don't have to compromise our theology by becoming more gentle. We don't have to become squishy. Liberalism is nowhere in view with these verses. This is about being Christ-like. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And just to pause for a moment, we, we can have differences of opinions on stuff. We can. I, we do. And God is gracious and so patient with us. He lets us have a different understanding of baptism. Of course, as long as you don't believe in baptismal regeneration, that baptism somehow is a part of your salvation, we can have a difference of agreement. And by the way, I would say this. I actually would say if you want to look for a bright spot in all of the conversations that happen in Christendom, I think the conversations between Presbyterians and and Baptists, believers, Baptist folks, has actually modeled a lot of the fruit of the Spirit. It's somehow, I would love to know how we got to that point. I could be wrong, but I suspect it has a lot to do with John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul, that these two leaders, one a Presbyterian, one a Baptist, at least a believer's Baptist. I don't know that John would call himself a Baptist, but he believes in believer's baptism, which is certainly different than Presbyterian paedo-baptism. They modeled love genuine respect for one another and i think they helped lead the way but now there's a bunch of other issues aren't there and and we need to get to the point where we can be as loving toward one another on secondary and tertiary issues as we are with a really 
an important issue, not an essential, but an important issue of baptism. Let's get back to our text. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out only, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I submit to you. You submit to me. And we're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss. I'm sorry, I'm quoting Barney. The text is telling us that you and I should be serving one another, loving one another, esteeming others is better. And that's where you then get into Philippians 2, 4 through 8, which gives us our true humility picture and our model and motivation for this. That is Jesus himself. Paul gives us an example. Let this mind be in you, the aforementioned mind, that we are united and loving and we're not bickering and quarreling. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the very form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men. Found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. There's our motivation. There's our model. And incidentally, Jesus preached about this. Okay, I'm breaking my own rule. I'm going to go backwards. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is preaching greatest sermon ever. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek? So what exactly are the meek? Time to go to our MacArthur footnotes. Meekness is the opposite of being out of control. It is not weakness, but supreme self-control, empowered by the Spirit, confer Galatians 5.23. Hey, isn't that kind of providential? The fact that the meek shall inherit the earth is quoted from Psalm 37, verse 11. Another reason to not unhitch our Old Testament. We are to be meek. Doesn't mean sissified. It doesn't mean namby-pamby. It doesn't mean squishy on every doctrine. It just means I'm not contentious. I'm not bellicose in in my in my attitude toward you. It means that I'm nice. Matthew twenty-five and verse five says a little something, man, like this: Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's our Messiah. That's our Savior. He should have been carried in on the praises of people, not a donkey. Certainly should have been a white stallion, not a donkey. He comes in lowly. What do we hear about Jesus And when he describes himself? Come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. For I am gentle and lowly at heart. That has to stop me in my tracks. Because while I can be a polite gentleman, it's easy for me to not be gentle. I can, I, I can be a theological bully. I, 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 I'm, my flesh 
is more than happy to get into that arena and keep the gloves off. I don't we don't need gloves on because I'm, I'm going to knock you out. That's that's my fleshly heart. Jesus was gentle. Let's fast forward now and get back in order. Galatians. Oops, I missed Ephesians. <laughs> so much for my order principle. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 1 through 6. Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. See, I'm having my panic attack right now. He can't even find Ephesians. What kind of a talk show host are we dealing with here anyway? Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from the slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem those of us under the curse of the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and in a, a son than an heir of God through Christ. Because we have been bought out of slavery and we are now adopted as sons and daughters, and I look around and I see other people who were formerly in bondage, whose chains have been broken because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, and I should be seeing you as a fellow son and daughter, which is why we call ourselves brothers and sisters. And what do you think about the family where the brothers and sisters are fighting constantly? That place is out of control. There's some love lacking. Ditto in the church. We're brothers and sisters. If we smell like anything to the world, they should smell love like they can't even fathom. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hanks. Well, a recent report from the new Boston Post has indicated that a Needham, Massachusetts high school has been teaching that humans who change their gender are no different than animals or plants that naturally alter their bodily composition for survival. You know, I've never admitted to being very smart, but that statement doesn't even make sense. Animals who can naturally alter for survival are in no way comparable to humans who voluntarily and permanently change their bodies. There's no comparison to be made here. These are two totally different things. If you think this world's wackiness hasn't touched your child yet, you just wait because it won't be long. The city of Lindale, Texas has become the 42nd sanctuary city in the state of Texas after passing the sanctuary city for the unborn ordinance last Thursday night. The ordinance makes the act of baby murder illegal in the city, and anyone caught aiding and abetting an abortion can be prosecuted as a felon under this new law. And in a move many expected, Spencer Cox, the Republican governor of Utah, vetoed a bill that would have prevented men from competing in women's sports. Many expected it because Cox said he was going to veto the bill. But what was unexpected, however, was the Utah legislature overriding the veto last Friday and establishing the bill as law. You know, good for Utah. At least they have some leaders who have the gumption to protect children on both sides of this issue. And in other news, Governor Cox has still yet to announce exactly why he is a Republican. 
Well, the president proposed a new budget yesterday that for the second consecutive year scraps the Hyde Amendment, which protects taxpayers from funding baby murder. You know, it's interesting, though. The majority of Americans, even those who support murdering unborn babies, are actually opposed to using taxpayer money to fund the vile act. Yet what the majority of Americans want is of no consequence to this administration. They could care less. The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh, who isn't the safest at work listen, has authored a new book challenging radical gender theory. The book coincides with a new documentary we told you about last week where Walsh traveled the globe asking experts the question, what is a woman? The book is also titled, What is a Woman? and is set to be released in early June. And in more somber news, former pastor and best-selling author Randy Alcorn has announced that his wife Nancy has passed away after a long battle with cancer. First diagnosed with colon cancer in 2018, Alcorn announced last year that it had spread to her lungs. And in a simple yet profound statement, he summed up the conundrum that all Christians wrestle with when a loved one nears the end of their life. Writing on his blog, quote, I simultaneously don't want her to go, yet with all of my heart, I do want her to go into the arms of Jesus. Please be in prayer for Randy Alcorn and his family. More Ratchet Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. An apostle is a messenger sent from God. The apostles were granted power and authority to establish the New Testament church. There are no apostles living today, but just as the early church dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings, so we dedicate ourselves to their teachings, which have been recorded in the New Testament. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. These have only been jabs. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare for some left hooks, some uppercuts, and maybe a knockout punch. The Bible stings. Sometimes it intentionally throws a blow to sting us, to bring us to our senses. And we're very foolish if we don't deal with them earnestly. I don't know about you, but I have a propensity to read some verses, and I love the stuff that I agree with that 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 affirms the way that I'm living and thinking, but I can run into a verse that tags me and tells me, uh, you're not doing so good here, and I can glance over those. I'm getting better at it. Let's move on. Let's linger for a moment, and maybe this applies to you. Maybe it does not. I meet an awful lot of gentle-hearted Christians. I know a lot of lovely believers, female and male, because I ain't talking about looks. I'm talking about their character and their comportment. So gentle and loving. Aren't those people attractive? Hey, that's the way Jesus was. No wonder why throngs of people followed him. He was the best company on the planet. He always exuded, even when he was rebuking gentleness, he was always exuding, because that's that's a part of who he is. It's not the totality of his being, but it's certainly a part of it, and we can't overlook that. So let's let these blows hit and perhaps knock us out if necessary, so that the smelling salts of the gospel can revive us. Am I proud of that? No. No, I'm not. Proverbs 16, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Oh, 
I hope I'm not doing none of those. Wait. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. <laughs> a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. So far, for you, probably relatively good. But then there's this seventh one. And one who sows discord among brethren. <laughs> there's our theme. At our MacArthur study notes, we read the sequence of these two numbers was used both to represent totality. In other words, he, he did, it's kind of a, 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 a device, a English, well, it was in Hebrew, but a device to like make the point. Hey, six things got no seven things that he hates. Got your attention with this thing? These seven detestable sins provide a profound glimpse into the sinfulness of man. They act as a summary of the previous warnings. Haughty eyes, one who winks, a lying tongue, perverse mouth, hands, heart, bearing false witness, and discord. These are things that God really hates. It's fascinating to me. Now, there's a lot of, God hates all sin. But we're dealing with these verses. It doesn't say God hates, and you just fill in the blank with your laundry list of sins. They're all evil. But he highlights these. Feet that are quick to or hands that are quick to shed innocent blood. If I were voting pro-choice, I'd be a little terrified of that admonition. And if I were a politician that were promoting the shedding of innocent human blood via abortion, I would I would call you to repent now. God hates what you're doing. But before I get too animated toward others i got to deal with this one and one who sows discord among the brethren god hates that and i don't want to be doing that proverbs 16 proverbs loaded with punches to snap us into conformity with god's will proverbs 16 verse 19 which reads pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Are you, are you feeling the weight of this and what God's attitude is toward haughtiness and pride and how he delights in humility? Remember, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Let's scoot back now to the New Testament, which is where I stumble. Isn't it funny? I've read the seven deadly sins before. I don't remember stopping to go, hmm, God hates a sowing of discord. Never stopped me in my tracks. Isn't it amazing how God's word works? One day you read something and you go, I've read this a hundred times. It meant nothing. Now all of a sudden, bang, like an acme frying pan to the face. And that's what these words are doing to me. So let's scoot forward to Galatians, Ephesians, to first, to Titus. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many of them here. I've got Titus, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 1 Peter 2, 8, 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 3. Not a first, by the way, it's fascinating. 1 Peter, we'll, we'll get to these someday. But 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 1, 5, and 3, 8 through 12. All about being gentle and loving 
and not pugnacious, and mean, and aggressive. What is the context of that persecution? That if you're being persecuted, you really need to exhibit these fruits. This is really important for you because it is a testimony to those who are thumping you that God exists, that God is real. In other words, in persecution, God is doing something bigger than an earthly deal. He's doing eternal things. And in this context, he tells us, you need to be really, really gentle and think through how you react to people. All right, First Timothy 2. No, first, I'm not ready. Wait. First Timothy 3, 3. First Timothy 3, 3. This is Paul writing to the young disciple. A bishop then, an elder, a presbyter, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, greedy for money, but, uh-oh, there it is again, gentle, not quarrelsome. Ooh, it gets repeated. Let's go to our MacArthur study notes, peaceful, reluctant to fight, one who does not promote disunity or disharmony. That is just thumping me. Gentle, considerate, genial, gracious, quick to pardon failure, one who does not hold a grudge. Yikes. That's a that's you can't be a pastor if you don't have those things. No, you can't dismiss it and go, well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't need to worry about those things. They apply to all of us as if God would want his pastors to be that way. But not that not as not the sheep. He wants them to be belligerent. Always. He wants us to be rams, always butting heads. No, that doesn't make any sense. Second Timothy two and verse twenty five. Whew. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be, I'm starting in verse 24, and must be gentle to all. There's our word again. Servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. That's a, an echo of First Peter, isn't it? That we behave, a certain, we're gentle so that people see our behavior and go, huh, I'm interested. What do you got for me? What's causing that? Back to our MacArthur study notes. Verse 23, Paul's third warning is to avoid useless arguments with false teachers. Now, he skips, he skips over gentle, pugnacious, but it's, it's our same word and it's our same concept that we've been looking at. Hold on. Paul isn't done. Scoot backwards if you're following along to Romans chapter 12. And he repeats this sentiment twice. Think about Philippians. Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, death on a cross. That is how we're supposed to view one another, with humility. I'm supposed to esteem you as better than myself. That was Philippians 2. Watch the elegance of Scripture, the beauty of the Bible tapestry. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 5. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That's such a helpful word. I, as best I can understand, giving a measure of faith, some people are just more spiritually mature. They can contain or retain more theological knowledge. 
their their convictions are just rock solid. They never waver. They never struggle. We have varying degrees of that. And we're told because of that, think of others as better than yourself. For as we have members, many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Zoink, Scoob, there it is again. Let love, in verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Jimmy, do we have any ice bags in the freezer? I am puffing up here. This is Wretched Radio. There are many struggles experienced by our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, specifically those who run the Masters Academy International. The biggest challenge for men attending TMEI, especially in our context in Ukraine, is the opposition from people in the church who oppose sound doctrine, and therefore men really struggle to transform their ministries in accordance with the Word of God. The Masters Academy International in Ukraine fighting a battle on two fronts. (laughs) You've got Russia, of course, and you have opposition from the church in Ukraine for biblically trained pastors to preach the gospel. Would you please consider supporting the Masters Academy International? Adopt a seminary, 17 different countries. Might want to turn your attention to Ukraine. To learn more about this amazing legacy ministry, visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Favares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season 1 is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of Season 1 and 2 of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the need of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground. The Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to children evangelism, learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. 
revelation. How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself? If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation, in the Bible, and in the person of Jesus Christ. We can know God, and we can be brought into right standing with him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You can just thank Jimmy for this. Doesn't he have another sound effect? This is Wretched Radio, uh, repeatedly, repetitiously, over and over again, redundantly. We see commands in the New Testament to do something I'm not exactly bent toward. I'm bent toward bravado. I'm bent toward bullying. I'm bent toward being right. Okay, I lost my alliteration there, my Southern Baptist friend. But that's that's that. I think that's true of all of us, isn't it? And we're called to be different. And we're given the motivation. And we're given the gasoline. The motivation for being gentle is because Jesus was, and it was his gentleness and his lowliness that led him to the cross as an obedient servant. And I'm supposed to be like that. And we are also told that in the fruit of the spirit, we can have love, joy, peace, patience, etc. The opposite of being strifeful and contentious and hateful and argumentative. We're given the Holy Spirit to grow in that. So I don't know about you, but I could use some work in that arena. And I was actually going to quit sharing Bible verses. But Jimmy... What exactly did you tell me? You uh, you mentioned Titus's name there, but never quite got to it, did I? I didn't read anything. Okie dokie. Titus chapter three. This is in the context of submitting to the government. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. Here it is to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Let's take a look at our MacArthur study notes. Christians are to exemplify these godly virtues in their dealings with everyone. The admonition applies especially to dealings with unbelievers. The use of this phrase here to refer to mankind in general, particularly those who cross our paths, rather than every person who lives, supports the fact that it has the same meaning. You can confer with chapter 2, verse 11. Gentle. Peaceable. Can I tell you that there is a special fruit that comes from trying to cultivate this? Witness to somebody with a pugnacious spirit. Let me know how it goes and let me know how long it lasts. You approach somebody gently and esteeming them as better than yourself. You let me know how it goes and how long it lasts, because it's going to be vastly different. People get repelled by the, but when we approach them lovingly, hey, can I talk to you about your soul? You will be shocked at how long your witness encounters will go. Let's take a look at some more drubbings, courtesy of Jimmy. This was not my idea. This is Jimmy, Jimmy, and totally Jimmy. First, in uh, First Timothy, wait, we did Timothy already. 
Yeah, we did first and second Timothy. All right, it's time to go find First Peter, which we all know is after Hebrews. That's your key to finding the book of First Peter. All right, so First Peter, in the context of persecution, chapter one, verses twenty-two and twenty-three. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever and ever. It's the gospel that motivates all of this. That would be 1 Timothy 1, 22 and 23. Let's scoot over to 1 Timothy 3 and verse 3. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, madam, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Hey, that one's aimed directly at women. But hey, guess what? It applies to men, too, as if women are supposed to be gentle, but men are not. Now, what that looks like, I think our culture informs us way more than the Bible does. This is not the, okay, I don't don't want to ever see anything because I don't want to offend anybody. No, it's not that. And it most certainly doesn't mean, well, don't hold on to your conviction. Don't have convictions. It does not say that. We can have our convictions and we can have our fruit of the spirit, too. We have to have both. I mean, after all, doesn't the spirit desire for us to be super orthodox and great theologians rightly dividing the word of truth? Yep. And he commands us to have love, joy, peace, patience, etc. And he provides the means to do that through the spirit. So we don't do an either or. We do a both and. And I know some people who exemplify this. I do. You know what? I'm going to call them out. Emile Zwayne from Living Waters, he's this way. Here's a shocker. His father-in-law, a fellow named Ray Comfort, he's this way too. You just you meet them and it's like, they're so nice. <laughs> they're just so, and they're rock solid theologically. They're, they're, they, they, they bend Bible all the time. And yet, so kind, gentle, loving encouraging (laughs) i want to be like ray comfort which is going to be hard because you'd probably have to lop me off at the knees but my point is i'd like to be like ray comfort in this regard let's continue first peter 3 8 through 12 the repetition is intended to persuade us that this is a big deal finally all of you be of one mind having compassion for one another love as brothers be tender-hearted be courteous not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary blessing knowing that you are called to this that you may inherit a blessing for he who would love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit let him turn away from evil and do good let him Seek peace and pursue it. You are called to that. I am called to that. And that means I probably need for myself hypervigilance. 
to see how I'm doing. Am I in conformity with this or am I am I trying to just be a brute and overpower? I need vigilance, but I need more than that because guess what? My carcass still loves me so much. I'll debate me and 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 I'll win. No, you weren't being contentious. You were just contending for the faith, given once for all time. Justin Peters is another guy that comes to mind. Justin Peters, who is not a theological squish bomb, is he gentle and loving? Watches videos. Even as he's calling out the bad guys, the false teachers, the hucksters and charlatans, you never get the sense that he hates you or even them. Why? Well, he's further along than I am. Let's go to, uh, looks like, hey, don't applaud. It looks like we've got one more. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15. Philippians and Colossians chapter 3. Here we go. If you're following along, this is verse 12 through 15. Where's my cheaters? Hold on. There you have it, right there. No wonder why I couldn't find it quickly, because it's not that I ever struggled to remember the order of books. By the way, if you haven't had your kids do that, do it now. Have them memorize the books of the Bible, because they're never going to be able to get the 3927 down without a ton of effort when they get older. So just have them memorize the order of the books of the Bible. This is Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Next page, Todd. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Hey, Robert Duvall is in the Bible. Humility, meekness, long-suffering, Bearing with one another, all of our words are contained in these verses. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, etc., etc. Well... How can we escape this? And how can we get better? I need more than myself. I need you. I need my local church. I need a loving brother or sister to come alongside me and go, um, yeah, little, little terse there. Not exactly filled with gentleness there. I need that. Because I'm going to debate myself and I'm going to win on the dark side, most likely. So maybe, just maybe, you will do that for me and I will endeavor to do that for you so that together, working as a body, we can esteem one another as better than ourselves, working together lovingly, harmoniously, and I would suggest you more productively and winsomely. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.